Hello and welcome back to the Indoor Rower Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Larkman, and today I'll be discussing rowing testing protocols. Namely, I'll be looking at two rowing protocols for testing the errors of development for indoor rowers. As I'm sure you are aware, rowing requires lots of different components of fitness and strength. We are not built the same. Some of us are great at lifting weights, some better at long distance rows, others at explosive 500 meter sprints, and the lucky ones who seem to be natural at intervals and 2K races. But how do we find out where our strength and weaknesses, and yes, I'm going to use the word weaknesses as we need to recognize this to be able to make it a strength. I'm always wary of being told that everybody is a genius, that the word weakness creates a defensive energy. It dilutes positivity and moves us away from our natural instincts to grow. However, when you are a competitive athlete, regardless of what level you are competing at, you need to identify your weakness and attack it. Become strong, then you will have eliminated that weakness. If you just focus on your strengths, you will never fulfill your athletic potential. Weakness is not a derogative, demotivating, humiliating word. Do not be ashamed of your weaknesses. The great Michael Jordan said, My attitude is that if you push me towards something that you think is a weakness, then I will turn that perceived weakness into a strength. We can learn a lot from the great man. So, the two rowing protocols that I will be discussing are the Canadian rowing coach, Ed McNeely, and the Danish rowing coach, Dr. Kurt Jensen. As we are aware, rowing is approximately 80% aerobic and 20% anaerobic. This is why we spend 80% of our time training the aerobic system. Ed McNeely points out that aerobic fitness among most top-level athletes is the same or very close. But peak power can vary significantly and higher peak power is associated with a better VO2 max. Peak power is the highest wattage you are capable of pulling. Ed McNeely says the highest wattage you are capable of pulling limits your race ability by setting the power ceiling for your performance. So for instance, a 6-minute 2K erg would need a consistent 475 watts. So Ed McNeely says if your max watt pull is 500 watts, it's going to be very difficult to hold 475 watts for six minutes. So to hold a target pace, more than 55% of your peak power, you will need to train that area. If your peak power is higher, you'll be able to work at a lower percentage of your peak power and make the 2K feel a little more comfortable and help you sprint in that final 500. So how do you measure this peak power? On a Concept2 Ergo, set the drag factor to 200. Ensure you have a good 10 minute warm up. When the flywheel has stopped, set your PM monitor on the Concept2 to watts. Row as hard and fast as possible for 10 seconds. Recording the highest power you see on any stroke. I use my phone camera to video the screen in case I miss my highest number. There is no rate cap. Row as close to full slide as possible and do not use a racing start. So don't use a racing start. You want to rest three to five minutes and repeat. Due to a slight learning effect, you might want to do the test two to three times to get a true peak power score. You should be looking at 55% of your max pull as your 2K pace. Now, when I tried this, my 2K should have been 15 seconds quicker than it was at that time in the season. So this indicates that peak power is not an issue for me. This is where Kurt Jensen, the Danish rowing coach and physiologist, devised a testing model. According to Jensen's model, 
10 second all out average power watts needs to be 173% of your 2K average watts. So you do a 10 second test and your all out average power watts 173% more than your 2K average watt. So for example, we're using our six minute 2K ergo score and that works out at a 10 second average of 831 watts, which is a 114, 115 average over 10 seconds. So what he's saying, if you can pull a 114, 115 for 10 seconds, an average, you've got the power to be able to perform a six minute 2K. If you don't perform a six minute 2K, then you need to work on other areas of your fitness. Now, there are many sprinters who could do this as a warm up. But bear in mind, we're talking about 2000 meter competitors, not sprinters that pull formidable splits for 1,500, a minute and 100 meters. These athletes, they would use a different protocol for their distance. For example, I've raced some of these sprinters, incredible people, over 2K. By the first 500, I'm out the back door. But as we come to the 1,000, I start to come level. And in the second 1,000, I pull away. And that's my fitness endurance that's coming over. So if these guys were to want to do a 2K, they wouldn't really need to work on their peak power. They would need to work on other components of fitness. So it's horses for courses. The 60-second test, this is the second test, is an all-out sprint over a minute. The all-out watts would be 153% of the 2K average watts. So I think we said 173% of the 10 second. We're looking at 153% of the 2K average watts for this 60-second sprint. So if we take our example, 6 minutes 2K watts, which is an average of 475 watts, your all-out 60 seconds should average around 734, 735 watts, which is a 118 split for the minute. Again, sprinters could do this easily, but we're looking at people that are trying to get that 2K time as quick as they can. So that test is your anaerobic fitness. The other test is the 6K average power. Now, your 6K average power watt should be 85% of your 2K average power watts. So we're taking our six minute 2K time again. And that would mean that your 6K would be a 135 average. So that's phenomenal splits for a 6K. But if you're aiming for six minutes and you did a 6K test, you're looking at a 135 average. And then we got the last test, which is a 60 minute hour of power. And your average watt on that equates to 76% of 2K average power watts. So six minute erg, you're looking at a 139 split for the hour. So I look back 20 years ago, when I was pulling a six minute 2K or just slightly under, and I was comparing some of the times that I did, and I had some of these test protocols that I did back in the day. Now, my 6K best was a 135.5, which is kind of almost spot on to that 135 split. And then my 60 minute was a 141. So I was two seconds slower than what I should have been. My 10 second pull was over a thousand watts. So I was about five seconds quicker on my 10 second pull per 500. And my 60 seconds was three seconds per 500 quicker. So what information did I extract from these results? Well, that I had enough power to go faster, but I needed to work on my aerobic threshold, commonly known as UT2 training, to improve. So I repeated these tests recently. Now I'm in my 50s, so you think things might have changed slightly, but they haven't really, which is interesting, which I think goes to show that my natural physiology is geared towards more sprinting than it is actually endurance. 
So my 10 second test is four seconds quicker than 173% of my 2K average watt. So I've still got good peak power, even though I'm in my 50s, which was pleasing. My 60 seconds is two seconds per 500 quicker. So again, still pretty good at the sprinting. My 6K was spot on, again, the same as it was 20 years ago. And my 60 minutes is two seconds slower. Again, the same result coming out, even though I'm a lot slower on the ergo these days, still have the same parameters where I need to improve on. So my weakness again is my aerobic endurance, my UT2. It doesn't mean I won't work on the other areas of fitness, but a big emphasis is based on UT2 training. So this goes back to planning your training program. It's always good to start with these tests. If you can do these tests, you'll know where to lean towards when you're actually doing your training program. Kurt Jensen's formula turned the Danish lightweight rowing team into the most successful in the world. That's how he did it. These worked out every time for him. He did these tests and he found the same results were coming in year in, year out. All these tests, they need to be completed within a week. So I use the following strategy, which is a strategy I believe Kurt Jensen uses. So day one, I do that 10 second test. So I don't do any other training, by the way. So there'd be no weight training. I'd rest the day before. So there'd be no lifting, no long UT2 sessions, no anaerobic threshold sessions. I'd be ready to go. So day one would be a 10 second test and I'll do the best of three. Within those 10 seconds, I'll have a three to five minute recovery. After I've done that, I'll have 30 minutes of active recovery. Now, you can do that on the erg. You can go on a bike, a slight jog. I would probably advise against jogging, but maybe on the bike or very light on the ergo. But it has to be 30 minutes of active recovery. Then on the same day, so this is day one, you do your 6K test. Now, I actually use a 20 minute test as a replacement. The reason for this is purely that unless you are an international lightweight or heavyweight rower, it is unlikely you will be able to cover 6K in 20 minutes, as these phenomenal athletes do. Therefore, 20 minutes works for everyone. Masters, lightweight women, lightweight men, women, juniors, heavyweight men, veterans, whatever it is, the 20 minutes is going to get you to that point where we need to work on that formula. Because bear in mind that these Danish lightweights used to do around 20 minutes for 6K. So the 10 second test is testing muscle power. And a 6K test is testing our anaerobic threshold. So they're the two areas that we're testing. On day two, we've got the dreaded 2K test. So this is testing our VO2 max. This is where all other results are based from. Day three, we do 60 seconds flat out, testing your anaerobic power. And then day four is the hour of power, testing your aerobic capacity and endurance. And that's typically done around 22 to 24 strokes a minute. Please, during these four days, if you do this, don't do any more training. Don't lift weights or do a cheeky row, cheeky 12 co row or whatever it is you're going to do. Be rested, follow the testing procedure correctly, and then you'll get the best results. So these results, when you get them through, they're going to help you shift the balance in your training to suit you. However, you do need to have an annual plan. And we talked about periodization in the previous episodes to use the data effectively. So, for example... I'm building my base endurance as I'm in that phase of training at the moment. It just happens that this is a weak area for me. But when I move into the competitive phase of training, I will be completing less long distance work as my emphasis. 
and shifting it onto a high intensity work. If I continue to work on the long distance stuff through the competition phase, I'm not going to utilize my endurance to its full capability and I would definitely underperform. It's the same if your endurance was good, but you needed more intervals. If you started interval training during base phase, you're going to burn out before the big race of the season and you're going to peak too early. And we see that time and time again. When I was rowing on the water, I was often not very good at the head races and it came to the regatta season, I'd really pick up. And it's just because during the head season, I was in base training and then it come through to the regattas where I go into pre-comp and comp and I would use all that base training, that strength training to actually help myself get the best out of what I'd done. So this is why it's good to do the tests at the beginning and you can do them throughout the season, but you've got to use the information to be included into the different phases of your annual training program. So keep training. You've got to use your heart rate monitors for distance work, lift weights, plan your annual training program and race well. I hope you got some useful information out of that. I'd like to thank you all for listening to the Indoor Rower. These are quite short podcasts, but I'm trying to get to the point quickly. So I know sometimes it would be infuriating if you just want to have a quick listen to a podcast and it can go on for quite a while. So I try to keep these concise until the moment. I hope you've gained some extra knowledge on today's episode and it will help you in your quest to be your personal best. Please leave a rating on the platform you are listening to and feel free to contact me with any questions. I do have a lot of questions sent to me and I try to explain myself as clearly as I can in them, but do feel free to ask me any. So I'd like to take care, train well, be consistent and finally good luck to all the Masters rowers who are racing in France shortly and the under 23s who I think are racing Heiserwinkel, Belgium a week before. Lots of great racing to be had. So take care and bye for now. Thank you.